Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today we're tackling a profound topic, your enlightenment, and both what kinds of challenges as well as opportunities your family and daily life might present to you along your path to it. Of course, in the next hour, we're going to barely get started looking at such a vast subject. Yet, it's about as important of a topic as a soul could consider in its incarnation here. In fact, ultimately, it's the destination of every soul's incarnation. Those of you who are tuning into our show in general are all on your path of awakening, so all aspects of your road to enlightenment are essential to you, your well-being and fulfillment. But as it is with any subject matter this important to everyone's life, having some clarity as to what exactly we mean when we say enlightenment becomes necessary just to get started with our discussion. The most comprehensive dictionaries tend to define the term enlightenment as the act or a means of enlightening or the state of being enlightened. Then many of them go on to offer definitions about the philosophical movement of the 1700s in Europe that turned to the use of the intellect and reasoning to question previously accepted doctrines and traditions. Another definition offered in the American Heritage Dictionary includes enlightenment as a state in which the individual transcends desire and suffering and attains nirvana. In the Western world, the term was most often used to refer to gaining some new intellectual knowledge, and in the 1800s, Max Mueller, German-born philologist and orientalist, popularized the English word enlightenment to refer to the Buddhist concepts of awakening and liberation. The word came to be used to translate various of the more Eastern spiritual and metaphysical concepts, such as Satori and Kensho, in Japanese Zen Buddhism, and Nirvana and Moksha in Hinduism. Today, the term enlightenment has come to include so many divergent concepts and states of consciousness or beingness that it may be safer to use it only in the most general and broad sense. We use this English term in the title of our show today as a general catch-all word to refer to both your path of awakening, 
as well as your attainment of your ultimate freedom as spirit. Since our overall theme for this season of shows is about your spiritual growth and living more of your psychic life, especially while being part of a family, we wanted to explore today what kind of challenges as well as opportunities may come about on the path to your enlightenment, both in relation to family and living your daily life in the world. Enlightened masters often had plenty of education and many teachers prior to them becoming the masters we know about in history. This was certainly the case with both both Buddha and Jesus. While growing up as children, they had many and varied teachers, and when they set out into the world on their own, they sought out great teachers. Also, souls like the ones that we know as Buddha and Jesus did not incarnate into these lifetimes as souls just bumbling along on their paths. Each of them had learned their various lessons and gained their mastery over many different lifetimes prior to those incarnations. Their lifetimes that history recorded as that of the Buddha, the Awakened One, and Jesus, or Jeshua, or Yeshua, however you want to say it, the Christ, were the completion lifetime in each one's long line of lifetimes. Those were the lifetimes during which they gained their final enlightenment, their full awakening. And by the way, enlightened ones aren't always famous like Jesus and Buddha. Some of them become enlightened and are never known by the general populace. In a similar way, each of us has been on a spiritual path of awakening or enlightenment over the course of many, many lifetimes. In a way, it would be like each of us attaining the same, attending the same huge school, but being in different grade levels of learning. Some of us at any given time would be in the same grade in this school, while others of us would be in a different grade in the same school. Those of us in the same grade may be taking some of the same classes as well as some that are not the same. It would be like, Several of you being in the sixth grade and all of you taking the same English class, while at the same time, some of you took art class while others of you took history. It's like a one-room schoolhouse here in this realm here. Similar to schools where often the students who are further along in their studies might serve as tutors to those who are not yet at their level, souls who are further along in their spiritual development will often help those who need extra help or are seeking to grow more quickly. The further along their path of enlightenment the soul gets, chances are that they choose to learn more and more of their lessons through teaching and helping to heal those who are ready for that. As a soul advances further on their spiritual path of awakening, often their perspectives about and their relationships to their family and daily life begin to change quite a bit. Not always, but often a soul like that chooses to leave the comforts of home and family much earlier than what may be the norm at the time. This may confound even well-meaning and loving parents and family members when their older child decides to go out on their own in the world, even against the parents' or family's wishes. Sometimes a more advanced soul may choose to be born into a very challenging or even abusive family 
in, in order to have a more pressing need earlier in their lives to get out of the unhealthy or restrictive home environment. The awakening soul also finds a need to walk to the beat of a different drummer than the rest of their family. If the parents were counting on that child to grow up to take over the family farm, business, or dynasty as an adult, they may be disappointed, confused, or even feel betrayed. The more souls awaken to their true soul self, the more they need to follow their own intuitive knowing of the truth, even if it means breaking with the tradition or what others deem to be most reasonable or practical. At a certain point in a soul's evolutionary journey, their full awakening or enlightenment becomes the single most important concern in life. As such, everything else in their lives become at best secondary. Souls who are not yet at that stage of awakening may have a difficult time understanding another who seems to be throwing away the economic or prestige opportunity of a lifetime in favor of what may appear to be an impractical goal to them, especially when it seems that the awakening soul has all the qualifications to succeed enormously in the world. This increasing discrepancy in values of the advancing soul is reflected in Jesus' famous question, what if a man gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Well, just like Raphael just said, as the advancing souls awaken much more, worldly attainment becomes less important while their search for the truth of their own being becomes more the focus of their lives. Partly for this reason, those who are beginning their spiritual paths in earnest sought out ashrams, monasteries, uh, convents, hermitages, and other types of sanctuaries that offered a retreat from all the hubbub of the outer world in which the spiritual seeker could better turn out most of his awareness inward into a life of meditation and prayer. Yet as the soul awakens even more, there comes a time when they can no longer just live in seclusion, isolated from the rest of the world. Once the soul gets to a certain level of enlightenment, he or she must get back in the world to live and practice applying all they've learned about their inner beingness in their daily life in the world, especially in relationship to others who are not as aware or free as they are. Part of this is due to the fact that the more a soul discovers the joy of being spirit, the more that soul will seek the uninterrupted sanctuary of being in that light. The real test of mastery would be for that soul to establish for itself that awareness, equanimity, and joy in relation to all the unhappiness, suffering, and discord in the world. Each master who attained their full enlightenment did that in their own unique ways, as exemplified by Buddha and Jesus and others throughout history. People often have the funny idea that as a soul advances in its enlightenment and mastery, the lives they live in the world becomes one of peace, love, and light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Well, although the master might experience that inner peace, love, and light all the while living in this world, what their life appears to be to others in the world can be anything but peaceful and loving. Just the presence and awareness of an advanced and highly awakened soul shakes up the world out of its slumber and comfort zone. (laughs) Most of the world would not take so kindly to such a shakeup. Maybe it's a shakedown. (laughs) A spiritual shakedown. Especially those that feel they have a lot to lose, like wealth and power, life of comfort and luxury. Well, you know what happened to Jesus? (laughs) So I won't go into the details there. (laughs) Buddha's later life was not one of rest and relaxation either. No, he didn't just retire and, you know, travel around in an RV visiting relatives. (laughs) Uh, Although he did in, in his own way, you know. If he had an RV, probably he would have. (laughs) He traveled widely, teaching all matters of humanity. He, too, had at least an assassination attempt on his life or two. So those of you listening who are committed to your spiritual path of awakening fully, remember not to beat yourself up when your outer life in the world sometimes seems to be challenging or turbulent. Enlightenment doesn't mean that the life you have in the world will automatically be sweetness and light. You'll definitely become more and more unconditionally loving. But much of the world may not necessarily reciprocate. Early on in our relationship from time to time, I observed Raphael struggling with some unkind mistreatment of her from even those who she considered to be her longtime friends. Most often, when something like that happened, the one that suddenly turned completely against her was the very person that Raphael was going way above and beyond in giving to that person what he or she needed. At the time, Raphael had a hard time understanding why the other person was suddenly acting the way that way towards her. I used to laugh at her and remind her that she gave to that person way more than that person was able to receive at the time. That's a difficult lesson that every one of us, especially those of us who are healers by nature, givers, must learn sooner or later. In fact, the sooner we do, the better off we would be. The adage that if you treat someone lovingly, they would love you back is only true when the recipient of your loving treatment is able to receive it fully. If they can't at the time, they'll turn against you. Depending on how much over their limit you gave to them, it could be just a minor upset all the way to the person literally hating you. Another common reaction is, in relation to a very aware soul, especially from those who feel they have a lot to hide, is that of resistance to that awareness, not just givingness, but but just that you're aware. If someone's trying to control others, they need others to not see or become aware that they're trying to control them, (laughs) right? So to such a person, the more aware someone is, 
the more of a threat that person is, even if that person is the kindest and most loving person in the world. Generally, a soul comes into their incarnation already quite aware. They would start to experience at least minor pushback from one or more members of their family just because. For a child, that may be quite difficult to understand. This is why so many quite aware souls have encountered undue difficulties just growing up in a family that was made up mostly of souls that were not in a place of spiritual growth or awareness that could support the awareness and peace that they already had. Now, the flip side of that seemingly unfortunate situation is that, once again, a more advanced soul will sooner or later see that such challenges provide wonderful opportunities for learning, growth, and mastery. Even if that soul can't quite make use of it as a growing child or even a young adult, sooner or later, that soul will use their early life experience as fodder for their spiritual growth, healing, and further awakening. On one's spiritual path, nothing gets wasted or lost because of a seemingly negative experience. All experience, whether anyone judges them good or bad, is for learning, healing, and growth. One of the most important things to remember is that everything in the world is energy. Don't get stuck in this event or that person did such and such, but rather look at whatever difficulty you might experience in your daily life as dealing with a certain kind of energy that happened to be challenging to you. That goes a long way to you gaining mastery over that kind of energy, whether it's a type of a person or situation or condition. The question to ask yourself, especially in challenging situations, is what am I to learn from this experience? We're coming right up on our first break, so we will uh, explore that question after the break. Well, we always like to make our announcements at this time, and we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass titled Coach Carriage Wheelbarrow Cart Energy Work to Move Forward in Your Career as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series this Saturday, this coming very Saturday, December 11th, 2021, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn how to move forward by leaps and bounds in your career and work life by doing psychic energy work. Plus, you can make your work life much more fun and fulfilling. For all the details and to sign up, go to our December events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That's michaeltamora.com or call our office and speak with our assistant, Noelle, who knows everything about all our work, 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. In just a bit, we'll return to continue to explore your enlightenment, family, and daily life. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. 
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone, to our exploration today about your enlightenment and its relationship to your family and daily life. We're looking at both what kind of challenges as well as opportunities being part of a family and having to manage your daily life in the world have on the road to your full awakening. Let's go further with that. Yeah, before the break, I was mentioning, you know, the question that we need to ask ourselves, especially when we're confronted with some kind of a difficult situation, is instead of looking at what happened as an obstacle or loss of something valuable, right? Because anytime we're, we're what we dis- experience as a difficult situation is when there's some kind of a loss or threat of loss that we're facing, at least in our own mind, other people might go, oh, no, this this is fun. <laughs> but we're going, oh, no, I got to do the taxes or <laughs> whatever it is. And the government's going, yay, you do your taxes, we'll be happy. <laughs> or somebody says, okay, we need to talk. Uh-oh, oh. this can't be good. <laughs> so, you know, don't get stuck in it. Uh, it's just energy. So ask the question, what am I to learn from this experience instead of getting dwelling on on what's already happened, right? Because when you're when you're uh, having a difficult situation, it's it's you might think it's it's happening right now, but but it's already happened. That's why you know it's difficult. <laughs> if it hasn't already happened, you wouldn't know it's difficult or not. Uh, many things happen in our lives, and most of those things, fortunately, are not difficult. It's it's routine. It's just like, oh yeah, it's this is this. I know how to deal with this. What makes it difficult is when we go. I don't know how to deal with it. Right? Goes off script, so to speak. Yeah, or seems to. And 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 so we have to stop and go. Okay, I can't be on autopilot. <laughs> well, that's part of waking up, isn't it? Yeah. So 
rather than getting hung up on, you know, looking at, we get hung up on certain kinds of situations, people, events, you know, what they said, whatever happened, because we're dwelling on the past. It's already happened. And what happened either threatened something important in us, or it actually, we experience it as something got taken away from us, right? That was valuable. Even if it's like, okay, there's a lot of us these days that are extremely busy. We're doing something, you know, there's so many things we have to take care of in every single day. So then if, if somebody does something that takes up our time that we don't really have <laughs> to waste. <laughs> that might be the most valuable thing. It says, wait a minute, you just wasted my time. <laughs> and But if we get stuck on that, we're looking at the past. The time already went by. <laughs> we already, you know, if we lost it, well, we lost it. If we dwell on it, we lose it some more, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's the way it is with anything that already happens, you don't like it, it's uncomfortable, it, you might feel like it, it really ruined something, but guess what? It already happened. So then it's better to just go, okay, if I'm having a hard time with it, I'm going to ask myself, what am I to learn from this? Oh, the minute I ask myself that question, I'm out of dwelling on all oh, this happened to me this happened to me right no and only when you ask that question you start to find oh this is an opportunity for my further awakening and freedom from being hung up on stuff like this then you'll be able to unlock the secrets within that experience to gain your well-deserved wisdom and happiness. One of the things that's important to remind yourself of when you find yourself in a pickle. I, I like pickles. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't found a meta pickle I didn't like. <laughs> that's an expression. Uh, or, or some kind of unfortunate situation is that it is not the time to indulge in a Pity party for yourself. I love that word, pity party. It it has a fun uh, sound to it, but it's a pretty normal reaction, isn't it? When something you consider to be truly unfair, hurtful, or scary happens to you for your ego to demand that you throw yourself a grand pity party, right? It may make you feel like you're just Licking your wounds. Hey, you know, I'm just in this corner. I I just had a really tough situation. I had a tough day, whatever. And I'm licking my wounds, so just let me be. Well, we all experience that from time to time. But in truth, you're actually keeping yourself from healing yourself when you get hung up and feeling sorry for yourself. Don't try to override or push down such reactions you might have initially, like a lot of people do who, you know, no, I'm tough. I can tough this out and I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to take the bull by the horn like that. But that's that's going the other direction, which is 
being stuck in the same way, actually, is, is in order to not feel sorry for yourself, you try to override feeling sorry for yourself. And so there's a part of you still feeling sorry for yourself, right? But there's another part of you that's just going, okay, just being kind of a bully and saying, bowl it over and bowl over it and, and just plow through it. Well, sometimes you, you have to do that because you don't know what else to do. But remind yourself, just find neutrality first in relationship to the reaction. The reaction is nothing neutral, right? It's just rah! But be neutral to the reaction going rah! It's like, okay, right? A bit of amusement after being a little bit neutral, you can start to go, you know what? I, I could laugh about this a little bit. I, I, there's something funny. I haven't figured out what's funny about it yet. But <laughs> I, I could, I could, I'm sure there's something funny about this. <laughs> and then you'll open up to, once you have a little bit of abuse, but you could open up to having some compassion for yourself instead and let the reactions just pass on by because compassion opens that space up to for you to go okay this is happening this this is what i experience this is how i feel this is what i'm thinking but that's okay just let it be instead of resisting it then because if you don't jump onto them or into them those reactions will pass and they usually pass very quickly what holds them there and seems like I can't ever get out of this is if you're resisting it. Reactions only persist when you resist them in some way, including trying to figure them out or fix them or stop them, which are pretty natural reactions we have to the reactions. I don't like it. I'm going to try to stop it. <laughs> no, reactions already gone. Let it just be. It'll process out. And put your attention on your next step, not the past, but okay, in the present, right here, right now, what's next? What would I like to create now <laughs> instead of dwelling on what already happened? It's already in cycle. Just let it run out. Yes, there are so many things that go on in life with our families, aren't there? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was thinking about this morning when we were getting ready for the show is how so many families have that one family member. You know, the <laughs> one that gets drunk at the weddings and makes a scene or who brings, you know, dresses inappropriately or, you know, whatever. And these are the things of life that really tend to upset those of us that want to have everything perfect. And why is it everything seems to be so imperfect? Well, this world is made up that way on purpose because, remember, it's a school. And being a school, we're learning something every single day in it with every single uh, decision that we make, every single reaction that we go with or not. You know, I love what Michael was talking about you know, don't have a pity party <laughs> is sometimes it's really hard not to mm. because things feel really bad sometimes. And sometimes they feel really good, but then when they feel feel really bad, then all the good things kind of go in the background and and we want to have that pity party. But the thing is, when you start to sort through 
that space within yourself where you say, I just want to be peaceful inside no matter what's going on. That's the beginning of your enlightenment. How do you become peaceful? You don't let things get to you. And family members are designed almost, you know, being in a family <laughs> are almost designed to, to get to you from one time, from one thing or another, you know, if it's not um, somebody, like for instance, kids, when they're growing up together, there's always one picking on the other kids or uh, one playing tricks on the other. And, you know, I grew up in a big as you know, a big family, and we were playing tricks on each other. The favorite one was waiting around the corner for someone to go by and say, boo, and see, see if we can <laughs> knock them over with that. <laughs> yeah, just the, what was that, the two nights ago, Raphael was coming home uh, after dark and everything, and she had her arms full, and I can. I, I was trying to run to the uh, front door to unlock it and open it for her, but but uh, she got the key into the door, or she was trying to get the key in, but she's got too many things she's carrying, so she's having a hard time. Finally, I got to the door. I opened it up really fast. <laughs> and she <laughs> scared the daylights out Yes, of me. <laughs> that would have been perfect for Halloween night or something. But <laughs> well, we actually laughed about it. Uh, it was just unexpected because I had all my attention on my things to not drop them. And all yes. So it was very fun. We had but it's, it's not incredible. That was a great fun example of what happens to us all the time in, in everyday life. To, to many of us, the even the best of intentions sometimes backfires, right? So uh, uh, nobody wants to get frightened like that or totally surprised, but uh, at least, you know, in that situation, Raphael knew what I was doing. I wasn't sitting in, in wait for her to, to scare say, the bejesus out of her. To say, boo. <laughs> Uh, We're in a really big house now, so he could very easily do that too. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's there's there's people who do that as a uh, and call Training. it as a what do you call it a prank? Yeah. And and uh, uh, but it depends whether they do it with tremendous levity and lightness of heart, or there there's a mean streak in there. You yeah. know, a lot of times people play pranks on others because. They're actually being cruel, mm-hmm. you know, knowingly trying to do something that that uh, will upset the other person. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, what about enlightenment? Are we that far away from it if we're just living a normal life, going to work, coming home to our family, cooking dinner, you know, going out and grocery shopping and being amongst people, Christmas shopping or whatnot, doing checkbooks, taxes, maintaining your house. You know, there's an old saying that I really like. I I really haven't heard it that long ago, but um, it's stuck in my head. And it's before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And that sounds really boring, but it is not. Because what it means is that when you're still here in this world, you still have to take care of the things of the world. And part of enlightenment is discovering that this world is an illusion. And some people would say, well, if it's an illusion, why bother? Well, why not bother? 
<laughs> Why not have some fun here and learn something? That's what we're here for. We have these bodies as vehicles to travel in this dimension. Why don't we why don't we learn everything we can about it? Yeah, that's why I like to use the example of the video games because now they're having some good video games, I understand, that's a, educational, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's still a video game. It's not reality. You're playing a game so you can learn, you know, something. Everything from typing to languages to mathematics and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, a thought I had once the very first video games came out, you know, that were more than Pong. We're old enough to remember Pong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, someday they're going to have those 3D video games for people who are completely bedbound. You know, they can't move, but they can live an entire life through that kind of a virtual experience. Yeah, it's already here. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I've always felt that if we can create something like that, probably it's already been created as part of what we're in. So we're just imitating what's already been created. So uh, anyway, just being aware that um, when you're dealing with your family and it's really annoying is turn within. Even if you're speaking with that person, because number one, intuitively, you'll get the right words to speak to them rather than using your old patterns of being annoyed with them or yelling at them or, you know, always resisting them in some form or another. And then also just allowing yourself to have that peace no matter what is going on. And a lot is going on on this planet. Recently, I, I heard from a friend who was walking along a street and something exploded in the yard next to him. It was invisible, but it exploded so hard that it knocked him 20 feet away and injured him. So, you know, how do you keep your peace after that? It's what it's part of your practice. Well, our second break is coming right up, and I wanted to invite any of you committed to learning much more about your psychic self intuitive awareness and self-healing and about how you can progress your, on your spiritual path to check out our psychic tools and life mastery practices for living your soul purpose course. It's our most comprehensive six-level foundation MP3 audio self-study course. You can take it one class at a time or purchase one level of classes and seminars at a time. For details, go to our seminars, courses, and retreats tab on our website, michaeltamora.com, under what we do on our, our website. Or you can simply call our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel, who will be happy to assist you with questions regarding the course, as well as purchasing any of our classes. When we return, we'll get back to your enlightenment, family, and daily life. See you in a couple minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter.
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. We've been talking about your enlightenment, family, and daily life. And there's a lot more we can say about how the more mundane aspects of living your daily life and your relationship with your family can provide you with just the kind of grist you might need for your enlightenment mill. So let's continue. Yeah, you know, when I was listening to Raphael talking about what happens in relationships sometimes with family members, well, pretty much anybody I've ever looked at or talked with or whatever Challenges that happen in relationship to family is, it's, you know, a normal thing, regular thing, right? It's for most people. There's always, like Raphael said, there's always that one member in the family or drives everybody extended crazy. family or mm-hmm. whatever that drives everybody crazy. But that's opportunity for learning. And one of the things I've observed over these years is, is, a lot of people don't realize that an emotional and mental reaction they have in their own experience, in their own mind, is just that. It's a reaction. A re- reaction is not real. <laughs> a reaction is just a mechanical replay. It's just an instant replay in your mind of something in the past. And it just, that's why every time you push the same button reaction, the same reaction, you know, every time somebody, it's, uh, what is it called, knee-jerk reaction, every time somebody says certain things to you in a certain way, if you get angry every single time, it's it's just, that's just a reaction. It's not, you're getting newly angry right now, specifically about what this person says or does or whatever. It feels like it, looks like it, because to you... Oh, this person's doing that same rotten thing that the other person did to me. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm going to be angry about each and every single uh, situation when that's unfair or that's cruel or that's mean or whatever. So you tend, but all that is after the fact. You're justifying it, rationalizing it. When you observe on an energetic level what's going on within the person 
It's just a mechanical reaction. Somebody pushes a button, then reaction pops up. When that reaction happens, whether the reaction on an emotional level is anger or sadness or grief or fear, or guilt, it really doesn't matter. It's still just a reaction. No matter how intense that reaction is, you know, some most reactions we have on a just throughout the day, they're very nominal. You know, it's it's just you can barely notice it. In fact, if you're concentrating on something and you're intent on doing this and that, you don't notice most of the reactions that's going on all the time. But this is why when you sit in meditation and just, okay, you're just going to turn your awareness inward to what's going on within. Uh, people say they have all kinds of chattering in their mind and everything like that at first, which is fairly normal for most people because they're they're kind of, uh, what would you call it, ignoring all that that's going on all the time anyway. What they're saying, what they're thinking on purpose, you know, right now, because I, this is my work, I have to get this done. That is more, it's louder in their mind than all the chatters that's, that's going on behind it. Until they quiet down and they're not expressing themselves outwardly and they're not trying to do anything. They're just sitting there and turn their awareness inward. And what happens when you turn your awareness inward? You start to first notice what's going on there all the time anyway. And if you learn to meditate correctly, you let all that stuff go, all the thoughts and the feelings that come up in your mind when you're meditating, you just let it go. And the more you let it go, the more it comes out, and the more that comes out, the more you let it go, and sooner or later, oh, it starts to get quiet, quiet, not just of not having chattering thoughts going on, but quiet emotionally. You start to find some level of serenity or peace or, you know, that kind of stillness. Oh, the waters of the ocean may start off in the mind, start off with big waves but and stormy weather, but then after a while of meditating, and you, you let go of all those thoughts. All those are reactions just popping up like popcorn in your mind. And then, after a while, since you're not putting any more fuel on the fire, the fire dies out. Or at least becomes just embers. And that you can handle. And you go, oh, oh I'm starting to relax. I'm starting to find some peace and quiet. So then on a day-to-day -day basis, when you're out and around and you're not in meditation, you, you have work to do, you got to get things done, you have to deal with people and all that stuff, uh, you can still have that, maintain that awareness. So when the reaction turns on, and especially when the more <coughs> intense reactions, you know, you didn't, it, most reactions, you, somebody says something to you at work and you don't like it, but it's no big deal. You just shrug it off and go on your way. You can't be bothered. But somebody else comes along or maybe a person in position of power. The boss comes along and says pretty much the same thing or treats you pretty much the same way. You might find it hard to shrug off. And then it goes on into, well, I can sue this person. You know, I'm legally entitled, whatever. And the ego takes a hold of it. Yeah. And even though that may be true and in certain circumstances, that's the correct thing to do. But not from a place of reaction. 
if you if even if you take legal actions when you deserve to you, know, you have the right to do that from a place of reaction it's not going to go well for anybody but if first you start to discern the difference between wait a minute is this a reaction i'm falling into ah falling into a reaction is like um uh some mechanical well some device you know, your alarm clock, your toaster, whatever, especially these days on smart devices where it's pre-programmed, you know, and, and maybe the, the, you have your computer on loud and, and one of your devices picks up the computer saying some advertisement in the computer and then it turns on the toaster <laughs> when you don't have anything in it or whatever it is, <laughs> the dishwasher, uh, then you got kind of a problem, but it's it's a reaction. It's a mechanical thing. It's not some intelligent, uh, you know, conscious decision you make. It's not a new type of creativity you're putting forth. No, it's just a reaction. You gotta recognize. Oh, this anger. Even though I I want to, I feel like I want to strangle this person for saying that or treating me this way. Is this a reaction? Yep. It just popped up like. When the toast is done, <laughs> right? It goes, ding, okay, I'm angry. I didn't mean to be angry or I, I didn't deliberately decide to be angry. No, anything you don't deliberately decide consciously here and now to do or feel or say or think is a reaction. Whoa, that's most of everybody's everyday life, <laughs> Reaction after reaction after reaction. So once you start to pay attention to that and you start to go, okay, especially with the easier reactions that that's not doesn't take over your mind type of a thing, you go, oh, yeah, I got a little upset at this, didn't I? Oh, yeah, that's a reaction. Oh, I got a little irked about what that person, the way that person looked at me. Or, oh, I, I got you know, the heebie-jeebies when I looked at what that person's wearing. Who knows what, what the reaction gets triggered by. But once you start to track, oh, these are just mechanical reactions. This is just a toaster going off when I didn't want it to go off. <laughs> and this is the alarm clock going off because it was set at the wrong time. And I, I didn't want it to go off, right? It's, it's annoying. But that's all it is, an annoyance. And But if you don't resist it, oh, then it's like the sound is in the background. Now, I'm sure everybody's had that experience of where you just wanted some peace and quiet on the physical level. and But uh, the construction crew comes outside your window and starts, they have a permit and everything, the jackhammer's going off. And, well, there goes your peace and quiet. <laughs> What are you going to do about it? Well, you can stay angry about it and frustrated that you have no rights and you're powerless to do anything <laughs> against the you know, city ordinance and blah, blah, blah. Or you can just go, oh, this, what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking at this moment is just a reaction to the, my peace and quiet being disturbed. Okay. You just let go of the reaction. Just, okay, let it be. And when the reaction, you don't, you're not feeding your reaction any more energy, 
it's going to taper down. And generally, it'll just actually go away or just go down to a very minimal level that you know, it's not a big deal anymore. But the jackhammer is still going at the same decibels. It's as loud as ever, but it doesn't bother you anymore. In fact, after a while, your, your attention's on other creative things, and, and you're having fun. And what jackhammer? Oh, I forgot all about it. Huh. It ceased to affect you. Not because the jackhammer changed or you were able to stop it. No. It's just because you were able to master, become senior to the reactions going off. You were able to discern that's just nothing but a reaction. I'm not going to even go there. Then it's called being a body glass, letting things just pass right on through. Let it be, as that Beatles song <laughs> sings, right? <laughs> so it's, uh, that's one of the very important, you know, that's the practice of finding your neutrality and what we call being a body of glass, letting things just be. So you're, if it's sounds, if it's energies, well, everything's energy. So whether it's a speech, whether it's a visual, whether it's a, a smell, you just let it pass through. Don't fight it. Don't try to change it. Don't try to solve it when it's not yours to solve. Then you start to find yourself being less and less disturbed. And as you go on your path of mastery and enlightenment, you find, oh, mastery on that level means you remain invincible. You stop being an effect of effects, effect of reactions. Huh. Then you have enough energy and awareness to start to create your new response. This is, oh, instead of being angry, I think I'll be in amusement. I'll laugh a little bit. Well, let's laugh a little bit then. And, you know, when you find that peace and quiet, you have much more access to your intuition as well. Well, once again, we've come to the end of our show today. We could talk about this a long time, I'm sure. We're grateful that you joined us and hope that you gained some new insights into not only what your family and daily life have to do with your path of enlightenment, but even more how they offer you golden opportunities for your full awakening. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our episode, Family Contracts and Karma, to look at what kind of agreements you may make prior to your incarnation with other members of your family and what kind of karmic cycles bring you together with them. Remember, too, to join us for our illuminating and practical teleclass this Saturday, December 11th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Coach Carriage, wheelbarrow cart, energy work to move forward in your career. Check our website and or call our office at 1530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is... Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. 
It's your purpose here on earth. 